Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, Executive Editor of Recode, and you're listening to Too Embarrassed to Ask, coming to you from the Vox Media Podcast Network. This is a show where we answer all of your embarrassing questions about consumer tech. So send us your questions. We do read them all. Find us on Twitter or tweet them to us at at Recode or to myself or to my regular co-host, Lauren Good, with the hashtag Too Embarrassed. We also have an email address, tooembarrassed at recode.net. Reminder, embarrassed has two R's and two S's. As you might guess from that intro, Lauren Good is not here today, so let's have some real fun. She's off working on her new show for The Verge, Next Level, and will be back next week. But in the meantime, I'm delighted to have Recode's Jason Del Rey back on the podcast. Today, we're going to be answering your questions about Amazon, Walmart, and where e-commerce is headed. Jason, welcome back to Too Embarrassed to Ask. It is my pleasure. Thank you. You sound fantastic. I'm so interested in this topic, and it's so. What's interesting is that so many people are talking about Amazon in this sort of inevitable way. I had a dinner last night. Someone was saying Amazon was the best company ever. A lunch, the same thing. Very prominent people are sort of thinking that they're sort of the be all and end all. Unstoppable. Yeah. Right. So uh, let's let's start with Amazon. I think let's start with them buying Whole Foods for or trying to buy. They're not completed that deal yet. The $13.7 billion. Can you explain why they did that? So because they're moving into a different sector than they've been in. Yeah, I mean, they they haven't said much publicly about it. But I, I think one thing to look at for sure is, um, depending on what numbers you look at, you know, grocery market in the U.S., something like, I think, $800 billion. And, I mean, any retail sector, Amazon wants to own a big piece of it um, and help it move online. And over the last 10 years, they've tried through Amazon Fresh and some other initiatives. And they've made some progress over that decade, but I'm, I'm confident in saying they haven't made you know the progress they would have liked to have made. Mm-hmm. And so they get, a lot of, they get a lot of things with Whole Foods. They get a name brand that a lot of uh, Americans and a lot of Prime members already know well or love. They get a chance to potentially layer on top Amazon Prime to Whole Foods and bring more some more value to Amazon Prime and hopefully an actual meaningful loyalty business to right. Whole Foods, um, which doesn't yet exist. No, and not then at they all. Get, you, they get expertise for sure. And then they get more than 400 brick-and-mortar locations, which may end up just being Whole Foods locations or may end up being, you know, uh, hubs for same-day delivery, hubs for pickup. And so I think that's... You know, when I when I talk to someone who runs Amazon's one-hour delivery service in New York and other markets, Prime Now, last year, you know, one of the things she said, one of the most challenging things is is real estate in these dense markets where they have a lot of Prime right. customers. Right, and Whole Foods are in nice areas. They're in, like, relatively fancy areas or, or up-and-coming millennial areas or, or trendy areas, correct? That, that puts them in sort of a hot spot of people who like to spend $4 on a tomato side. So. Yes. And and listen, I think prices will likely come down over time. And so I think they could broaden the appeal of Whole Foods a bit, um, whether it's through, directly through only Whole Foods locations or maybe, you know, un, under different brands related to Whole Foods. Whole Foods has this uh, 365 idea where they're going to open up. I, I think there might be only one open right now and um, new sort of 
new locations that appeal more to younger generation. Right. So I think I think there's a lot of pieces here, but I think it all starts with massive market. Amazon hasn't made necessarily the progress they would have liked in, gro- in the last decade. Critical market. Groceries are a critical market. Daily growth, Correct. daily use of Amazon versus, you know, Exactly. That's the big thing. Yeah, that's that's the thing a lot of people talk about is the frequency of the purchase is is something in which if Amazon can you know that's that's been a big piece of Amazon Prime Fresh, uh, which is their current deliver grocery delivery service. Which is you you can get more than just groceries, but it makes the economics work a lot better when you could add you know with the milk and eggs you can deliver you know a, a TV or you know some clothing. Or whatever else. So yeah. what's interesting is the. They, you know, we're going back to the old days of like milk and eggs, like the milkman, kind of the, like the, the the quick delivery and how easy it is to get things on a daily basis. But why would Whole Foods do this? I mean, talk about their situation because you don't sell necessarily if you're in a great state or were they having troubles or? or? Yeah, they're not in a great state. So um, I think the brand is still super strong. I think, you know, the CEO is, um, they had co-CEOs for a while. They, they um, uh, one of their co-CEOs, Walter Robb, stepped down earlier this year. So now it's just the founder, John Mackey, uh, running the company. And, you know, the, the sort of big trends they've been uh, bumping up against are the fact that you don't have to just go to Whole Foods to get organic or gluten free. Mm-hmm. You can now go to you know your local Kroger or Stop and Shop or Target or mm-hmm. Walmart. Um, have a lot of the basics at at least in organics and and at half the price of Whole Foods. Right. So I think a big piece of it is you know Whole Foods helped to push these uh, categories into the mainstream, and then they've also sort of suffered a bit from pushing those into the mainstream as their prices have stayed high and a lot of competitors with more of a mass appeal have um, have sort of stepped in. And they hadn't been very digital that I can think of. Whole Foods wasn't digital at all. I don't think I ever used them in any way that was digital. They had an app that I didn't use. They, you know, they had no, I just went there essentially. Yeah, so one, you know, another piece of this that Silicon Valley cares a bit about in the startup world is uh, they've, you know, when it comes to digital, they've relied heavily over the last couple of years with, uh, on Instacart, which is the mm-hmm. um, San Francisco-based grocery delivery service. And um, I'm sure many of our listeners know what it is, but for those who don't, uh, Instacart doesn't have their own inventory of groceries. They partner with grocers. Like Whole Foods, And they yeah. send people to go, send people. And Whole Foods has been sort of the most prominent So they're gone. Uh, That's gone for Instacart, Partner yeah. over time. Well, they, they signed a five-year contract with them a couple years ago. There's... Um, you know, there there are people who are say, sources who are saying to a lot of different reporters that it's going to be really hard, if not impossible, for Whole Foods to get out of that deal. I have trouble believing there's not some out in some way. It may be yeah. expensive. It may take some time, but um, it's not a good you know future. Instacart. It, well, Instacart Instacart spin on it is it's it's just more reason for other grocers to partner with them, and they do have 160 partners, including some of the biggest ones. So I think they'll be okay. I think they'll be okay. Well, but yeah, but still, you, you know, don't want Amazon we'll moving into your biggest customer. One of the, I was no, actually with no. someone yesterday who was at an Instacart offsite, and I said, "What are they talking about?" They're going, "What do you think, Amazon?" Like it was Amazon, Amazon, right. Amazon. Today, you know, we're taping this on Thursday. Blue Apron, uh, another startup in the grocery space uh, went public today 
and one of the big, you know, the I, they had to cut their IPO target price. Mm-hmm. There was, you know, they went out at about the target price of ten dollars a share. And one of the re, one of the factors that investors are talking about is um, not knowing what Amazon Whole Foods means for them as well. So right, broad impact. Yeah, no, it's interesting that Amazon eats up everything. Is there any other buyer for Whole Foods at all? Oh well, that that's a thing. I mean, the stock price—I I haven't checked it the last couple of days, but it was up above what Amazon had offered, which means at least the broad market thinks that some some other bidders might come forward. I've done a bit of a re- reporting trying to talk to other potential mm-hmm. tar- uh, acquirers about it, about uh, whether they'll make a bid. Not surprisingly, people are super super mum about this. Mm-hmm. I think there could—I think there could be. I think it, cool. I think in the next couple of weeks we'll know who could it be. Mm-hmm. I mean. People have thrown out Walmart, which kind of sounds crazy. They have their own huge infrastructure already of grocery. They're a giant grocer um, that maybe people in uh, big urban centers don't think about. But Mm -hmm. outside of cities, they're huge in grocery. Um, Could someone like a, you know, a Kroger, which is, you know, one of the biggest retailers in the country, Mm -hmm. um, do something? What about I have trouble. No, yeah, I have. I mean, I have tr- I have trouble seeing that happen, but um, you could find people who will throw like Google's name out there. Google's I just I, I I I really I really think it's a stretch. Yeah, there's not many people. And then the last part on this this idea of of what they're doing is there anything else they looked at? I mean, a Trader Joe's would be something I could see Amazon looking at. A very similar footprint uh, in cities, but not as big, I guess. Are there other things they could try to buy in in the retail space? So outside of grocery, I yeah. mean, Macy's is going to have to do something. It may be selling off real estate, which is super valuable, mm-hmm. but they, they are getting hit on multiple sides. I think Amazon's apparel play is um, hitting them because it's sort of in basics and sort of middle of the road apparel, not high, not super high end, not super low end. But no, I don't see that. You could find former Target employees who would say they've heard sort of rumblings that at some point Amazon may have looked at them. I, I don't know how real that is. Another one that I just heard recently from an analyst where it's rumors of Amazon taking sniffing around Dollar General. Mm-hmm. So wow. that would be going That's the other way. That would be going low end. They've gone high end. I you know Dollar General I think has twelve thousand locations like. Yeah. That's I mean that's a big real big estate play to, to make, um, but I mean whether or not the Dollar General stuff is has any truth to it, I think they are thinking a lot about how to get lower income households into their Using ecosystem. Amazon. Yeah, I mean I, I think Prime, you know, they've made moves with Prime recently to attract. You know they have they have I think something like eighty percent of U.S. households with a hundred around a hundred thousand dollars in annual income uh, already Prime members. So now they're making moves to try to get, uh, get lower in lower it. income households. Yeah. Yeah. So they've lowered they're giving a discount to Prime to households that have uh, government or uh, have some form of government assistance, and they're making other plays. The monthly Prime payment option is new. So they want everybody. they want everyone. So let's talk about they let's want talk everyone. about let's move to Walmart then because Walmart's sort of been that store. For uh, people lower, more lower income profiles, um, you know, work working class people, Walmart's always 
focused on price. And in, in an earlier episode of my other show, Recode Decode, Enjoy CEO Ron Johnson said that Walmart might be able to beat Amazon with a robust loyalty program called Walmart Prime. Here's a clip of what he said. Walmart, I think, is going to give Amazon a run for its money. Okay, tell me why. They keep, well, they, everyone they keeps earn, saying that. Well, they earn, five, they earn $15 billion a year. Amazon earns three. Right. They got more cash. Yeah. They've got the physical footprint which is like a warehouse network, right? Mm-hmm. They've got a large customer base. They have access to all the merchandise. They can price lower than Amazon if they want to because mm-hmm. they got a lower cost structure, right? And so Walmart could compete really hard. So it's interesting to contemplate. To me, Amazon has this program called Prime right? that locks people in, and which they have a lot love. of benefits, 99 bucks, and they add services all the time. And that gets you such incredible loyalty, you always buy from them. Imagine if Walmart had its equivalent of Walmart Prime. So why has But it offered benefits online and in store. Every time you come to the store, you get free food. Right. You get a discount on your purchases. You develop all these benefits. So why hasn't it done that? I don't know. Jason, would Walmart Prime work? Would Walmart Prime work? Yeah. Um, Ron Johnson thinks. Ron Johnson thinks so. I mean, so far they're taking a, a different approach that does not look a lot like Prime, but but does provide benefits to loyal shoppers and shoppers kind of that are help them take costs out of their out of their logistics system. So that so just to back up a step, they made a big move. Uh, I think it was last year now to acquire Jet.com, which was as much about acquiring Jet.com as it was about acquiring Mark Laurie, the e-commerce entrepreneur who once started. Uh, diapers.com and worked at Amazon after he sold it there. And so Mark came in and he's made a bunch of changes already, um, has moved really fast, heard some rumblings of, you know, a little too fast for some uh, longtime Walmart people. But, mm-hmm. you know, that I think that's bound to happen. And so one thing he's done is, you know, now if you buy online an item and pick it up in the store, and it's an online only item, you know, you could save, you know, two, five, eight percent on right. that item. I think they're making a big grocery push, although a lot of what they're doing around grocery is buy online, pick up in store. I think that's now live in five hundred locations. And uh, I think I forget what promise they've made about when that'll be in every Walmart location. Right. right. They bought Jet for three billion the same day that Amazon bought Whole Foods, Walmart bought Bonobos. How do you assess their e-commerce push? Because I just feel like I can't believe how slow they've been over the years, given how strong Walmart. To say that Walmart's in distress compared to Amazon is kind of shocking to me, given the strength of Walmart over the years. But they just feel just 10 steps behind at all times. But maybe I'm just uh, not seeing it correctly. No, I think you know they obviously felt they were they were way behind when they when they made the jet acquisition. You don't right. you don't spend three billion on sort of a very young business that did not had not proven it was sustainable in any way on its own. If you feel like you're in even an average position, so right. so they made a couple. They've acquired some, you know, made some smaller acquisitions. Bonobo's the biggest one of them, and a big piece of that is bringing in sort of good digital leadership that probably wouldn't go to work at Walmart otherwise. So right. Andy Dunn, who's the founder, co-founder, and CEO of Bonobo's, would he have gone and worked at Walmart if you know Mark Laurie wasn't there? Like he has said publicly, no. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I understand bringing in the digital talent. I understand they're trying to um, aggregate types of products and brands that can't you can't find on Amazon. So I get that play. It just 
the part I don't quite understand yet is, you know, they're not going to sell Bonomos in Walmart stores. Like the brands don't mesh. So then what what is the distribution they're going to provide for these small brands that's going to take them, you know, to be mainstream, mainstream brands that makes a difference? And right. I'm not clear. I'm not clear on that yet. Right. So, so that's sort of an open talent. question. They're, just, they're essentially just buying. Talent. Well, they're bu- they're buying talent. They're buying brand. They're buying sort of you know brands that are. I think ModCloth and and Walmart and sorry Bonobos. You know these. Compared to Amazon, they're nothing. But like these are businesses right. with let's say 100 to 200 million in annual revenue, mm-hmm. and I think you know I think they're going to keep acquiring these um, businesses like this. It, it just it feels to me right now like it's going to take a long time to move the needle. Right. But they're making other they're making other aggressive plays. One is you know they're testing out the idea that Walmart in you know uh, in, Walmart. Uh, Employees in store who work in stores are going to start testing out delivering stuff on their way home. They'll be oh, paid no. extra. Um, Jason, it feels like a turducken to me. Those can be tasty, but I know, but I it's like it feels like in Bentonville. I'm like, hello. There's this thing called the internet, and this Amazon thing is doing like you could you could just copy them. Would be they're not even copying. Well, that's what it feels like to me. Well, one more distinction that I don't think gets talked about a lot. A lot of Amazon's retail success has to do with how much they've grown the marketplace where other businesses and entrepreneurs and you know manufacturers on the other side of the world sell stuff to Amazon customers using the Amazon yeah. warehouses and the Amazon website. Yeah. That's about that's around half of Amazon's retail business. Mm-hmm. Um, Walmart has had a marketplace but it's come along much more slowly. Yeah. So they're trying to make a big push there, but they're way behind um, sort of Amazon selection and the idea that um, Amazon, these these merchants can also use Amazon's prime service to get stuff to people fast. Yeah, it just seems like they're way behind. I don't know. Is there room for the bigger picture? Is there room for both these companies? We just have a few questions before we get to readers' questions. But is there, there should be room for them. And then, of course, in Asia, there's Alibaba and other players, too, who have you know big footprints. Yeah, there's totally room for both of them. I think um, – you're going to see Walmart, especially after if this Whole Foods deal goes through. You know they've been making a big push in grocery. I think they're going to really, really push that hard, and I think it's smart. Um, I know my family. We we live outside of a city. We live in New Jersey. Mm, um, New Jersey. My wife will. My wife. My wife will stop by uh, Walmart if she's in the area for mm-hmm. and and needs you know produce or some other types of groceries. So um, they they do well there. And then you mentioned Asia. Um, Amazon is making a huge, huge push in India, but they've they've had a very tough time in China. Yeah, Walmart, I think, does. has made a smart. Walmart's made a smart move in China. I think um, they've they now own around ten or eleven percent of JD.com, which right. um, maybe some listeners don't know here, but is a I, I want to I could look up the market cap, but I want to I want to say around a sixty billion dollar. Um, online retailer that has a very similar model to Amazon, half marketplace, half actual first-party retailer. And so um, I don't know if they'll ever buy the majority stake there, but I think they're better positioned in China right now, it feels like, through that stake uh, than Amazon is. So a couple more questions, two more questions before we get to some reader questions. What do you think each of them is doing that the other can't or won't? Like each of them, look at what the others should be doing or what they're not doing that they should or... Oh, that's a good one. You didn't prep me for that. Sorry. Um, well, I mean, the obvious is, you know, 
Recode and others have shown, you know, how in the last two years, Amazon has crossed over past Walmart in market cap. Yeah. And then, you know, now they're now they're somewhere around double. Uh, a big piece of that, obviously, or maybe not obviously, is AWS. And, right. you know, that provides uh, Amazon a lot of advantages. It's it's a very profitable part of the Amazon business. It adds obviously to their tremendous cash flow, and so you know that's a, that's a big help when investing in new projects, whether it's in AWS or or new projects in retail. So that's something that Walmart's not gonna. I mean, yeah. And what about Amazon? Seems like there's nothing they won't do. You know, again, I think the uh, until recently, I would have said the in-store buy online, pick up grocery trend. I think a lot of I think a lot of Americans don't want to spend delivery fees and pay potentially higher prices for home delivery. So mm-hmm. I think pickup in store is really smart. So mm-hmm. if you would so I would have said until the Whole Foods deal that Walmart has a big advantage in grocery and I think could be, you know, the biggest online player in grocery. Um, now I would say, you know, they still have the footprint of the Walmart stores. And the ability to offer discounts to people who d- who are, don't mind picking up in store, I think, you know, I think that's a smart test they're doing, um, and it's something that that's hard to hard to replicate for Amazon. Yeah. All right, last question. Walmart's really challenged in this area of commerce, and and I, presumably you think Amazon's its biggest threat. I think Amazon's the biggest threat to everyone. I think they're an existential threat to all of retail because I just look at my own patterns. The other day I bought four different things. It was like agave printer's ink, something. It was like a weird group of things. And they literally were at my house five hours later, everything in one box. And it was sort of like scary. Yep. And I felt bad because I should have walked down to this corner store to get a lot of this stuff. And I just was busy. And it was sort of, I was sort of like, oh, that was easy. And then I know I'll do it again. Like, it's a really interesting situation, you know, that it was such an odd group of things that were at my house within hours and with no delivery cost. Like, how do you do? Because I like to shop locally, but even locally is sort of now, it's easier just to click on the Amazon thing. Yeah, I think you have to, back to a point I made earlier about Amazon going after sort of lower income households. It's easy to forget that $99 a year for Prime Mm -hmm. is a lot of money, a big deal to a large swath of America. And mm-hmm. so I think the monthly payment option has helped, but I think they have a long way to go. To bring it down. Um, to bring it down. And the other piece is there, there are still a lot of Americans who, when they hear Amazon, they're like, you know, we think fast delivery, my saving grace, you know, amazing. There are a lot of people who think big, scary, bad corporation that's killing mom and pop shops. And, you know, that was used to I don't be want to do business with By the I'd, way, that used to be Walmart. I mean, there's still, you know, I mean, to a lot of people, it's still Walmart, too. Yeah. I mean, Amazon is, in a lot of ways, the new Walmart, but Walmart's still the Walmart, still the, the, Walmart, <laughs> still the yeah. old Walmart. Yeah. I mean, if you look at if you look at comments on some of the po- blog posts that, um, you know, Andy Dunn uh, wrote when he got, when he agreed to have Walmart acquire Bonobos mm-hmm. and also the ModCloth founders. Um, there are a lot of people who say, I'm never shopping with, you know, vo- oh. there's maybe it's a vocal minority, but saying I'm never shopping with, with, with Bonobos or because no, bet- because, of Walmart. because of Walmart. So anyway, um, I don't know if I answered your yeah, question. No. Um, and then we're going to get to readers' questions. Now. One question, and very briefly, uh, Trump went against Amazon again today, yesterday or this week, again, with some idiotic rant that was absolutely inaccurate in every way. 
But still, it's that same, he seems to be real bothered, even though Jeff Bezos had just appeared at the White House at that whatever tech council they were doing. Well, he's bothered when Bezos isn't in the room, it seems. Yeah. But he put him right next to him, right? He was sitting right next to is him. Is that a threat? I mean, I ask the question a lot when I talk to smart people in the industry, like what, what can stop Amazon? And however far-fetched it still might seem, people say, uh, the government, maybe? Yeah. I mean, there is the, you know... I think it feels like the Whole Foods deal will will go through, assuming you know there's not another bidder um, that that uh, beats out Amazon. Amazon decides not to to um, match, but yeah, yeah I, don't I can't think predict. Honestly, I think it's just a lot of noise by someone who's losing their mind by the minute. Like I don't think they can actually, without any good cause, go after a company that is very well liked by most customers and uh, and it had you know anything not serious. Kind of just because they have a peak over the Washington Post or whatever the heck he's mad about that day. I would just say the one thing November taught me was never say never. So. That said, no, everyone's still standing. Like so far, no effect on the health care bill, no effect on any, you know what I mean? There's effects, obviously, of the executive orders and things like that. But in terms of taking these companies down, it's, you know, these tweets are less effective. I don't know. I just think it's a lot of noise. Yeah, I do. I do wonder at what point Bezos... Or other people inside Amazon are like, okay, like you're not going back. Well, you know what? They're just playing the long game. I have a matchup between yep. Bezos and Trump. I'm sorry, Donald Trump. I feel terrible for you at this point. Like, I don't know. I just feel like I'd bet on Bezos every time. All right. In a minute, we're going to take some questions about Amazon and Walmart from our readers and listeners, and Jason's going to answer them. But first, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Jason, you have to say ka-ching because you're the e-commerce guy. Oh, okay, ka-ching, okay. No, that wasn't a good ka-ching. Come on. Oh, right now? Yeah. Ka-ching. Okay, thank you. This show is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites with just one click. Then their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your job better than anyone else. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. In fact, more than 80% of the jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Simply screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified candidates with immediate results. Right now, our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com ask. That's ZipRecruiter.com ask. One more time, to try it for free, go to ZipRecruiter.com slash ask. Okay, we are with Recode Senior Commerce Editor Jason Del Rey talking about Amazon and Walmart and the epic battle between them, retail battle. Now we're going to take some questions from our readers and listeners, and here is the first question. Jason, Kevin, it's at Kevito920. What advantage does Walmart have over Amazon? It seems Amazon's prices and distribution give it a competitive advantage. I don't think that's true. But Jason, why don't you talk about what advantages Walmart might have? Sure. I think I I may have touched on this earlier, but I I still think the store footprint can be an advantage if, if used in innovative ways. We've seen a couple of ways. I think there'll be more to come. I think the other piece of this is Walmart itself has a pretty tremendous like logistics uh, system in the back i mean they're like you said they're they're famous for that and so i think that's all tied in you know that's that's an area where some of the jet people besides mark laurie who don't get a lot of attention are really good as well and so 
I think it's like the the not sexy stuff, but over time can, you know, potentially at least come close to matching some of the, yeah. So those are areas. Another thing I didn't mention earlier, but sort of fits in here is, you know, there are some areas where Amazon sort of has followed Walmart's lead. So they, Amazon opened to drive up grocery locations in Seattle over the last few months. Mm -hmm. Again, that's something Walmart's been doing for a while and rolling out in big ways. And so really the, the, um, smart ways where digital and physical stores can sort of make things easier for people who still like to go into stores, but also maybe provide discounts, um, is, is, uh, is an area. The last thing I'll say is I wrote a big piece a couple months ago about the battle between Amazon and Walmart specifically in CPG or consumer packaged goods Mm -hmm. category and sort of how they're squeezing, uh, some of the biggest yeah, the CPG brands in terms like of in, term, in terms of price, and and so you know, Walmart still has massive leverage for these you know giant co- brands that want and need shelf space, and I know that's changing over time, but it's still you know low single digits CPG spend online, and so they still have huge leverage there. That's going to make them you know that that gives them the capability to compete on price for a very long yeah, time. For a long time, although as people sw- switch to those, like I literally just bought Cat Letter online for the first time. Then we delivered to my house. I never did that. Never before. It was really into like a lot. Kara, of I don't think there. we should rule out you as, as no, I sort know. Of, a, of course, a good no, model know. for the. I, I get it, but I'm saying I never have bought CPG stuff. I always just go to the store. It's really, it's just a, it was a weird shift. I bought like unusual stuff or technology stuff or, but two areas I'm buying a lot more online is clothes and CPG goods, like cleaning supplies. And yeah, like that. it's interesting. No, there is a huge shift happening there. Yeah, I never did that before, which is, I know I'm not the thing, but I kind of, a little bit, like I'm a mom, I'm a mom. All right, Andrew Wyatt, A. Wyatt, um, how pissed was Jeff Bezos when Walmart scooped up Jet.com? Was Jeff interested in that? Was Amazon interested in that? They were kind of fighting them, right? I don't think they were pissed. I think I think there's definitely this dynamic that as a reporter and someone who likes good narratives mm-hmm. loves, which is the uh. Mark Laurie not not loving his time at Amazon mm-hmm. and like, you know, having a chip on his shoulder. Chip, yeah. And Am- Amazon definitely pays attention to it. You know, I could go back quickly to the story of them. Amazon shut down uh Mark's old company, Quidzy, which was the diaper, diapers.com parent company, mm-hmm. and folded all those brands into Amazon. And and you can make an argument that that made sense for a lot of reasons. But the reason that Amazon talked about publicly was that they cannot make Quidzy profitable. Um, oh, I yeah. reported at the time, yeah, I reported I at the time, Quidzy was told, they, Quidzy employees were told by Amazon executive that the company would be profitable this year. So there's like, there's mm-hmm. still something there that Tweaking. I think. Yeah, he's a tweaker. I, Bezos know, is a, a tweaker. Yeah. He's definitely so competitive. Yeah. So they didn't, they did not want to buy Jet.com, but, you know, does he love that Lori's working there? I don't know. I mean, it, maybe, maybe he likes to tweak him so it makes yeah. him happy, but. Yep. All right. Next question. I can't pronounce this. I'm like a double T. Can Walmart ever overcome its people of Walmart reputation? I don't know what that. I'm more common on the question. What is the people of Walmart reputation? I don't even know what that is. I think that's a reference to sort of um, people poking fun at 
like the type of people that shop at Walmart. Oh, maybe if with I was younger, trucks or yeah. Okay, all right, like poor people. And, and yeah, so um, I don't know. Like people of Walmart is you know probably majority of America. Yeah, so. that's not nice. I don't that's, like it, that's, Tish. That's not a nice question. What's wrong with its reputation? Everyone has to buy somewhere. Hmm. I don't like that question. Me speaking from an elite city in San Francisco where we are overpaid and pay too much for things. There actually is peopleofwalmart.com. There's probably people of Whole Foods, too. Like, come on. That's a group. Well, there definitely should be. That's a demo, I can tell you. I can tell you. There's there's people of, like, Neiman Marcus, Needless Markup, or people of Kmart, people that, yeah, that's rude. In any case, you have to overcome that. They're very good customers with good money to spend on goods, so... I don't like you, Tiege. I don't like that question at all. More of a comment than a question, but Kevin Morrison writes, whatever happens, I believe Amazon will stay ahead simply because they have no brick-and-mortar store legacy costs. And no, I doubt that the Whole Foods acquisition will matter much at all. Well, Kevin has an opinion. Jason? Good opinion, Kevin. Okay. I, I think if there's one thing I've learned over the last year or two, like um, the idea of omni-channel, which makes me, that word makes me barf. Um, Remember Martha Stewart was on the media. Yeah. I mean, so it historically has made me barf but mm-hmm. you are seeing more and more interesting ways that digital first retailers are using physical presence that doesn't yep. mean tons of inventory and vice versa so yep. um i think i think online a lot of online retailers are looking at uh, physical presence in in more positive light i agree with you on that i think it's an interesting still want to touch but- stuff yeah, you know, to- diapers have a physical space and need to be put somewhere. It's not like we can do everything virtually. Maybe someday we can have virtual diapers. That would be interesting, but probably not. Well, we're going to have virtual For adults pe- or our babies? Uh, well, I'm headed that way, but, you know, for whoever needs them, I think. I feel like diapers should not be – no diaper shaming on this show, let me just say. So um, I do think the Whole Foods matters a lot. I think it changes the image of Amazon, too, people thinking about it. Uh, Mark Little, MT, um, MT Little, which of these two companies treats its frontline employees better, pay benefits? Okay, they're both kind of awful in a lot of, they both have a reputation as being awful places to work. But um, which of these two treats its front employee better? Jason, do you want to pick? Oh, I don't, uh, you can find people that have a lot of complaints about, you know, how both of them treat people. Yeah. I would, I would, I would also say, I mean, I don't know. You, you find people who've worked at Amazon warehouses who say, "I can't imagine how people do this every day." I walked twelve miles today, and I've I've actually met other people who say, "You know, I I like the job because I walk a lot and I'm mm-hmm. not sitting on my butt all day." And yeah. you know, Walmart. So I I don't know how it all. St- I, I don't know how it all stacks they up. Both I will have say, you know, reputations as tough places to work. They, I mean, they more they than do. other companies. They do, yeah. and they and they both know that, and they've both, you know, been making moves to try to change that. Amazon has a program. I'm not going to remember the name of it. We're not as asshole as we you think. dot com. What? What is? Well, it's like you know, it's it's helping out with education programs right. to help train people who don't want to do this forever, um, right. and help them get on a path toward other jobs. They've gotten some. Um, accolades for for that kind of stuff. Well, they but should do that. They both have sort of. Um, They're tough companies. At best, mixed They're reputation. Tough yeah, companies. Tough. Both of them, compared to other companies too. I mean, I think most people, if you had to pick companies in online who are the toughest, you'd say Amazon would be up there. Um, and then the same thing with Walmart in the retail space. 
Um, so that's what is it about Seattle? Because didn't Microsoft. Microsoft have that reputation, right? They're just or, mad or they're not ha- down in Silicon Valley. The Silicon Valley people want to invite them to their parties. I don't know. I don't know. It's wet. It's wet and rainy. Maybe they get moldy or something. I love. I love Seattle. I do but. too. I, I I spend a lot of time there. I like Seattle too. I don't know. That's interesting. I don't know why. Just the personalities of the CEOs. I think Jeff is very tough. Very tough guy. But, I mean, he has this sort of. Although I think he's uh, morphed quite a bit too. Um, with his his other things that he's doing. You covered him super early yes. on, right? Mm-hmm. I used to hang out with him all the time. He doesn't talk to me so much anymore. But uh, yes, I did, very early. I went with him to see his new office when he moved into this really janky office uh, in Seattle that he was moving to. Um, and I was a little frightened. I thought I should have brought my switchblade or something because it was not a nice area of Seattle um, at the time. Seattle's love, I mean, most of Seattle is gentrified now, but then it wasn't. And then... Uh, yeah, yeah. I used to watch him wander around on his Segway all the time when they first came out. He's a very interesting and brilliant. I think he's he has taken the mantle of Steve Jobs. I mean, in terms of most innovative and interesting, forward-pressing innovator in digital, I think we can probably agree, perhaps. I don't know. I know Elon sucks up all the oxygen. I, I think a lot of people would say the same thing. Jeff is really the most significant executive in digital, I think. All right, and I think a lot of people agree now at this time. I think everyone pretty much is coalesced around that concept. All right, last question, somewhat related. Uh, what happened to Costco? Kevin linked to an article titled, The Best Perk of a Costco Membership is Still the $1.50 Hot Dog, which I would agree it's a very good hot dog. So what happened to Costco? And not just that, but Trader Joe, all these companies, what happens to everybody else? Why don't we finish on that, Jason? Like, Because everybody else is sort of sucking wind behind these two, presumably. Sure. I think Costco, they have a big decision to make over the next couple of years about what their online play is. Um, I still, you're going to throw tomatoes at me across, mm-hmm. Four across tomatoes. the country, but I still kind of like going to Costco. Like I, I was too. in there in the last month. I'm also a parent of two young kids, so it kind of makes sense, and I don't live in the big city. But yeah. um, I don't know. Once they get you in, like no matter, you cannot spend less than three hundred dollars. Right. It is physically impossible. Once, yeah, and it's you know they get people in, or they used to say get people in for the four ninety nine rotisserie chicken or whatever, and you come out with you know. A I TV still am and using the paper towel palette that I bought there many many decades ago. It's this like you know nine hundred <laughs> paper towels and a plastic thing. So they. They're still a giant player. You know, one, they're getting, you know, there is a startup called Boxed, B-O-X-E-D, based mm-hmm. in New York, um, which is obviously much smaller, but uh, outside of Costco, uh, uh, BJ's, and Sam's Club is pretty much the only online-only member. Uh, it's not actually, you don't need a membership, but it's the, it's the same type of idea. It's a, it's a, it's big, it's limited selection, but good prices because you're buying uh, bigger, you know, more more quantity. And so, um, do they? I don't know. Do they go out and buy something like that? That's sort of a hit with uh, younger generation in some big cities. Do they um, get way more aggressive online? I think they've talked about you know being behind online. I'm. The, I think. Uh, and, and then the last piece is you know there's there's data out there that shows. That if you're a Costco member and an Amazon Prime member, and maybe this is obvious, over time, you spend less and less. Even though you keep your membership with Costco, you spend less and less over time, um, which I would say is true for my family and probably a lot of others. So I I don't know what they do do super long term. Um, They've been been slow online, you know, to say the least. So I don't have a good answer. 
Yeah. I think a lot of retailers have to think really hard right now about what they're doing and how I can't think of one that's really fast forward compared. I mean, Walmart's trying, I think is being the most aggressive of all of them, but they're all sort of going to have to accept the new reality and figure out how to cope with it. When I think of the brick and mortar retailers that are doing maybe better than, uh, you know, Silicon Valley people might expect, it's a pretty short list. It's Home Depot, which Mm -hmm. has had a terrific five years. Um, A lot of that, you know, some of that I think is the type of stuff they sell um, is, you know, especially the big stuff is not easy to move online. Some of that is, you know, the housing wave in the U.S. and sort of, you know, the rise of, you know, you see this on TV with like the HGTV shows, but like everyone, everyone wants to, wants to up home and yeah, wants to update. You see Best Buy has done better than a lot of people thought the last couple of years. Um, they made a move the other day where they're now doing these show, sp- showcases for Amazon Echo and uh, Google Home in their stores, which aren't just you know shelving, but it's also people helping to show you the use cases. I mm-hmm. think I think for a large part of America, like yep, that'll be really helpful and smart. Yeah, I've but, used them um, times. But anyway, yes, the the list is short of yep, it is of. Of legacy companies doing and well in retail. And I think one right of the now. things that we'll talk about in another episode at some point is the the retail job dis, uh, disappearance. How that's going to change everything. But we'll get that's a whole nother mm-hmm. can of worms. Everyone focuses on smaller job categories, but uh, retail is really going to see a real pinch in uh, in that area. I think over time, and it's a. I think yeah. this year already m- most yep. store closings. Yep. I want to say ever. Yep, I think people yeah. have to think hard, and then we'll have robotic chat cashiers and that'll be the end of that all right this has been on that note this has been another great episode of too embarrassed to ask jason thank you for coming back on the show thanks for having me anytime all right be sure to subscribe to the show you'll be the first to listen to new episodes every friday to catch up on previous episodes where we answer all the tech questions that our listeners have been too embarrassed to ask you can subscribe at itunes.com slash too embarrassed to ask and while you're there leave us a review If you're not on Apple Podcasts, you can subscribe on Google Play Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, or SoundCloud, and you can listen to every episode at recode.net slash podcasts. And while you're there, you should check out our other podcasts like Recode Decode, Recode Replay, and Recode Media with Peter Kafka. If Lauren were here, she would remind you that The Verge also has a great podcast called The Vergecast, hosted by Nilay Patel. Don't forget to tweet your questions ahead of time to at Recode with the hashtag TooEmbarrassed or email them to us at TooEmbarrassed at Recode.net. And also, before we go, let's talk to Jason about his upcoming Code Commerce conference. Jason's had a bunch of these, and this one is a long run. Jason, why don't you tell the people what is happening at Code Commerce in New York in September? Sure. On the 13th and 14th of September specifically, we're bringing together sort of the most interesting entrepreneurs in e-commerce and also CEOs of some of the biggest retailers in the country who are adapting to the digital change in in interesting ways. And so we'll, you know, we'll have our tough red chair interviews, Kara, as you know well, and you'll mm-hmm. be there with me. I shall. We'll also do some cool on-site visits to uh, new retail experiences and headquarters in New York. Ooh, and some of the speakers we've announced so far, just today, Andy Dunn, CEO of Bonobos, just sold to Walmart, as we mentioned. Uh, Laura Albers, CEO of Williams-Sonoma. We've also announced CEO of Blue Apron, just IPO today. And Kirsten Green, who's probably maybe now the best-known e-commerce investor, 
who'll be uh, giving a forward-looking presentation about the future of retail and digital brands. And we have a lot more speakers coming over the next few weeks. All right. So go to it on the Recode site. You can go to our events page and find that there. Let me just say, Jason, I feel like you're now like literally the king of e-commerce. Completely correct. Is that too much to say? I think Jeff Bezos would probably have something to say about that. Well, you do a fantastic job. And Jason has put together previous uh, fantastic events. We have Jack Dorsey. We had Kate Hudson. We've had we've had a lot of people. We've had Kirsten uh, there. So we're very excited for this event, and it's the longest event he's had. Uh, most of the others were shorter, and we're very excited. Jason, I look forward to it. So do I. Thanks for listening. Thanks also to Digital Media, the company that distributes the show, including Beth O'Connell and our editor, Chris Basil. And thank you to our producer, Eric Johnson. We'll be back next week to answer more of the questions you've been too embarrassed to ask. Tune in then. Hi, I'm Lauren Good, Senior Technology Editor at The Verge, and I'm excited to tell you about my new upcoming video series, Next Level. In this new series, we go behind the scenes, into the labs of some of the most innovative companies and research institutions around, and we show you the cutting-edge stuff that has the potential to impact the way you experience tech in the very near future. You can find Next Level on The Verge, on our YouTube channel, and on Facebook. Just look for the hashtag VergeNextLevel. And thanks for watching.